Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle, as always. Shell, how you doing today? Doing great, Mount. We have a guest in the studio, our favorite guest. Hey, man, yeah, Mr. Mark Williams, Swine Life Barbecue's back live in action. Mark, how you doing? Doing pretty good, now that I know I'm the favorite guest. Doing pretty good. <laughs> We've only had three. <laughs> it's tough, tough competition out there, though. It is. Hey, they've it all is. been good. They've, they've all been, been good. good. I call them all my favorites. Mark's just my, you're the favorite right now, Mark. <laughs> I guess if Heath or Kendall come back, they'd probably be favorites too. <laughs> so what's been going on, Mark? What you been up to, man? You ready to cook, do some cooking? I'm ready to cook. It's It's been a long week between building a house and work running 100 miles an hour. I'm ready to cook. That's all, man. Building a house, God, that's enough stress. I don't know if I can take that right now. I'm over it. <laughs> you, you, you just barely got started too, hadn't you? How much? I- how much longer do you have? Mm, I'm scared to jinx myself. Hoping about two and a half more months, but uh, oh, okay. Hoping. So it's a long process, man. When did you that, start? That's a really, really test a relationship. <laughs> we started in June, so I, I guess really the big thing started happening in June. It feels like it's been going on for twenty years, but really, build a house. They said mm-hmm. it's fun. They said <laughs> yeah, get a mortgage. That's all big boy stuff, Mark. That's, a, that's being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't no fun. Well, let's get back to cooking, man. That's what we like to do. That's what's fun, right? Enough talking about the boring stuff, man. Uh, what what uh, what kind of contest you got coming up? We got a state contest coming up this weekend uh, up there at the Variety Club. So always for a good cause, but they added a rib category on it. So I'm ready to cook a little rib and a steak. That's what I'm talking. I think Waylon's done entered the rib portion of it. We're doing... Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a steak too, but I'm. I'm, I'm gonna let uh, him do the ribs. I don't think we're just gonna take one drum and our two PKs. So you're gonna get after them with the pellet grill again. Oh, yeah. We're gonna go straight from ribs to a steak and back to ribs. So we're gonna <laughs> multitask the pellet grill. You, so you got it planned out. You're gonna start the ribs out and then stop them, or you're gonna be. Are they gonna be done or what? Yeah, they'll just be hold, done. We'll so. be holding. So it'll hold long enough for me to cook a steak and then let Emily cook her steak, and then we'll be back on the ribs, glazing them and. Hopefully it turned out a good rib. I'm pretty sure it will, but it's a couple of good rib cooks showing up this weekend, so Yeah, well look. <laughs> Are y'all doing two rib entries or just one? Yes, we're doing two. Uh my brother in law Mikey's actually gonna team up with Emily and cook her ribs while she focuses on steaks. So. Okay. They're bringing in a ringer, Shell. <laughs> Sounds like a ringer to me. <laughs> well, this past weekend we had our barbecue class and um it's barbecue live. We host it down downtown Memphis. With Mark Lambert and Waylon, uh, and then Mark Swine Life and Jamie from Swine Life and Jay from Tennessee Mojo help us out a lot. So I wanted to ask y'all some questions because I tried. I try to stay away. Y'all don't need my help down there. We always need your presence, Shell. You, you kind of come in. <laughs> I show and, uh, up on Saturday and make the goodie bags. Yeah, and hang out. So I wanted to ask y'all how the class went. And you do all the paperwork. See, that's key too. Yeah, I do the paperwork and write the checks. I just sign them. <laughs> Well, how'd the class go? It went great. Um, we had a good class, you know. It was, I think we had probably about 15 people, something like that, total this time. So uh, we, we kind of keep it small there at Central. It'll hold like 20s packed because it's a small room. 
But we found that when you do the smaller classes, that you get to know everybody in it, and they can come out and all get around the smoker outside. If you know, if we're doing demos outside, but if we're doing stuff up on the table, of course we got the camera up and a big screen TV for folks to see. But they can all get up around. You know, they can come up and, and get their hands dirty or see really up close how we're trimming the meat, how we're building those boxes, all the important stuff they need to know. And I think it's more personal. But from y'all standpoint, Mark, um, you know, on the cooking side, I mean the it's about the same, no matter if you're cooking for 25 or, or, or 10, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's – I'll enjoy the small classes just for some effect. Like you say, it's more one-on-one with the class. And to me, that's worth, you know, a lot more than if you're packing there with 50 people. You yeah. Know, you get you get that one-on-one experience, and it pays off to me. And, of course, it's a little less work behind the scenes because you're not trying to feed 30 people, so – yeah, I mean, we always cook the same amount of, of con- the you know, the Saturday stuff that we're doing the blind boxes with. So no matter if we're doing a class for 100 or we're doing it for 10, it's it's the same amount of food there. It just comes into when we feed them because we like to make sure that everybody gets everybody gets fed when you come to barbecue live. So um, I, I still think, we, I mean, what do we end up cooking? About 10, rack, 10 racks of ribs, two big Snake River Farm briskets, um, four pork butts, and I don't know how many pieces of chicken. It was a... A big pan on like Saturday. Thighs. Yeah, yeah, like thirty-two Total. thighs, something like that. So it's you know, there's plenty of food to go around, but that's just standard for y'all. When you get a well, what's how'd the food turn out? Man, it was fantastic. I mean, that was really some of the best that best that we've had. I mean, I don't know if it's y'all just been rusty wanting to show out or what was all of it. I got another. Hey, I, I trimmed and seasoned all of it. Now I didn't put anything on the pit. I ain't gonna lie, I was too busy talking. Yeah, <laughs> I got in a little late, but. The ribs Friday night, hands down. I mean, Jamie and Jay knocked them out of the park. That oh, was yeah. they, they were, were good. unbelievably good. Um, I didn't taste anything bad. I mean, I thought one or two things texture might have been a little off, but it's hard. You know, you get caught up in the moment, so it's it's a lot going on. People don't realize how much goes on behind the scenes when you're on that end. I've been on both ends, so I see it. You know, from the class side plus behind the scenes. Oh yeah, I mean, it's hard to get thirty two pieces of chicken to turn perfect. out. Yeah. Hey, the I did. Now I did try a piece of chicken on Friday and a, ha- a taste of the back half of one that Waylon had bit off of on Saturday, and both of them were spot on. I mean, the, the chicken taste, and that's to me, that's kind of how I just. I, I always say it at a contest, so goes chicken. <laughs> Same thing with the class. If that chicken's good, I know the rest of it's going to be good. But you know, I tell you what surprised me. Uh, and we've been using Mark's sweet brine of mine for a long time, and he mixed up some and brought to the class. And man, I don't know if it was the pork we used or if it was just a combination of that brine, but man, it was good. Something pork, that pork, it had flavor. It I mean, through and through. Now Waylon, he ain't scared to get heavy on some injection. He probably puts he probably puts more than your average guy. If you give him a five gallon bucket, he's, he's putting five put, gallons he's gonna in. Find it. A way, he's going to find a way to put it in a pork butt. But man, the pork. You know, we brought some home. We had a little bit left over. And we normally, you know, give it to somebody else. But I had some guys coming over Tuesday, the my, the guys that do some yard work. And I was like, man, we're going to feed those guys. So we reheated well, that. they come on Tuesdays, which is always our film day. And so we'll be out there, and they just keep leaning their head over the fence going, sure, it does smell good over yeah, there. Begging for some bread. <laughs> they, they always want something. So we did. So we took all that pork. And warmed it back up, and I was and I was like, "Shell, did you doctor this? What what you know? What you do?" Yeah, it was good. She's like, "No, I just took it out of the refrigerator and warmed it up." I was like, "Man, yeah, we put it on some big buns and made them like, well, how many? 18, 16 big made, old barbecue it made sandwiches. A large pan full <laughs> of barbecue sandwiches. So I know, and I don't think there was I don't know six or seven guys. Yeah, 
They probably mm. took off after that. Yeah. <laughs> Out cutting grass after that, you're hurting. Oh, yeah. Hot as it was. They didn't do much work after that, I'm sure. No. I, bet, I bet their boss don't want to know this passing out food anymore. <laughs> well, uh, this week we did grilled fish tacos for the recipe. Did you check out the video today? Or oh, yeah. Watch it before I come over. Well, um, so, Mal, you want to tell I'm Mark tell what you, you did? Yeah, it, I did. I'm not going to lie. I didn't catch that snapper. I went to, I went to Sam's. <laughs> But, at, you know, our Sam's, they done kicked up the seafood and meat department a little bit. So they had some beautiful fillets of snapper. They had some whole snapper and they had the fillets. So I bought, like, I don't know, I think it weighed, it was almost 1.75, almost 2 pounds. Huge fillet. And I instead of cutting it up, I said, I'm just going to cook it whole. Had the skin on it. Beautiful piece of fish. And so I took my AP rub and just kind of whipped up a Mexican seasoning. By adding some chili powder and paprika and cayenne, cumin, all the you know all the stuff that you'd find in Mexican seasoning, and I seasoned the outside of that fish with it. But instead of just cooking it straight on the grate, because I mean fish wants to stick. I mean I don't care how you cook it on a grill, it wants to stick. So I put down kind of a bed of limes, jalapeno slices, a little cilantro, cooked that fish and made tacos. Man, I'm gonna tell you, they hurt you, Mark. They were good. Could you eat the the jalapenos underneath? Did you try one of them or? I didn't, I, did. I didn't try any of that stuff. I mean, you could. I guess you could have. I don't know. I didn't I didn't yes. mess with the limes or hell. That was just a, a bed to keep it from, you know, keep the fish from sticking. You He, he had sliced fresh jalapenos, and we put a few on the taco, and they were pretty hot. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I diced up some as I made that cilantro lime crema, yeah. which is like a sour cream, a Mexican sour cream. It's a little thinner, though. And I stirred some of those finely diced jalapenos in it. Um what else did I put in there? A little lime cilantro and some of that Mexican rub. Pickle Super simple. Onion. It was just yeah. souped up sour cream. And uh, that went on the taco. But, man, you got a piece of the jalapeno in there and some of the fish we've been laying on it. It was spicy. <laughs> the fish was pretty spicy. Do you, do you think it was spicy because of the rub or spicy because it was laying I mean, on the jalapeno? I didn't, I didn't hold all. I mean, I didn't put a ton of cayenne pepper in that rub or anything really hot. It was just a combination of the fresh jalapeno, the seasonings in the rub, and jalapenos it was laying on what was cooking it was just and then the 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 pickled red onions were a little spicy because i made those just a couple hours before we did the recipe and all it is is you you thinly slice like uh, shell has one of these mandolin slicers and it's the most dangerous tool in the kitchen (laughs) it will hurt you but it cuts stuff razor you know thin slices so i took a red onion ran it on it real quick Got some uh, cider vinegar. I think it started with about a cup and a half and got it hot. Added a little bit of sugar, a little bit of black pepper, and then three slices of one of those jalapenos and then poured it over those red onions and just let them sit and hang out. It pickles them really fast. But, man, they had some heat, too, just from three slices. And so last night, I even got some of those. We had some left over. I was eating that with some vegetable shell made. I ate one of those jalapenos. Still lit you up. So that brought the spice to it. And you also made... It's Mexican street corn, but elote. 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 You ever tried that, Mark? Never have. Are you a mayonnaise fan? You look like a mayonnaise fan. <laughs> <laughs> off the spoon. The best way to have it. Me and Mark share that. I got to take a minute. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I can't do it off the spoon. I'm a fan of mayonnaise and all, but not off the spoon. It's got to be insulting. I have but, to turn my back when I look it off the spoon. This would, this would be a great recipe for the grilla because all you do is throw corn straight in the cob. No, no shucking, no anything. Just put it on the grilla. Any pellet grill, 350, about 30 minutes. And then when you peel back all the, the, the husk and the silts and all that come right off, and I just use that as a handle. 
brush it with some mayonnaise. You can lick a spoon if you want to, Mark. <laughs> and then sprinkle it with that Mexican. It's kind of a Mexican Parmesan. How do you, uh, it's cotija, I yeah. think. Cotija cheese or something. I'm not, I don't speak Spanish. But you just sprinkle that over the mayo and then squeeze lime on it. Hit it with some more of that Mexican seasoning or, or chili powder, whatever you want. Like a, a spicy seasoning. And you go to town on it. Man, it's good stuff. Anything with mayonnaise got to be good. Yeah. Uh, you think that's what makes mayonnaise it mayo? Mayonnaise and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Almost a casserole on the cob, isn't it? Yeah. Corn casserole on the stick. <laughs> Malcolm had a birthday this week. So for his birthday dinner last last night, mm-hmm. yeah, Wednesday night, I cooked him a double thick pork chop. And I seasoned it with AP and then a Mississippi grind. And it was Son. very good. There may be one left down there. I ain't had something yet. I had to come to the podcast. Oh, no. We might hook you up. A shell chop, double thick. It was very good. AP grind. AP grind is a good combo. It it did win the pork loin at Fort Worth. (laughs) Yeah, you ain't no joke on pork. I promise you. It's really good on pork loin and pork chops, which I guess they're the same thing, huh? It's good on everything. It's like the Franks. Like the grandma said. Put that on everything. It's like, like, like the grandma said, that's funny. <laughs> it's like that Killer Hogs hot sauce. Yeah, it's just like that Killer Hogs hot sauce. Hey, I did try it now. Mine's better than Frank's. I don't care what you say. I'll agree. <laughs> I set out. I, I mean, Frank's is kind of my standard. I like that garlic note, so I said, I'm going to make one better than Frank's. And it is. Well, you should have called it Hank's. <laughs> we used a good bit of it last night ourselves. So what did y'all cook good. last night? And we try to be the healthy kick during the week. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's it's a struggle, but last night I was craving hot wings, and she had stuff to do like turkey burgers. So we done a buffalo style turkey burger, patted it out, and mixed the hot sauce in the meat, and then like pan fried it. You know, seared it real good, and put pepper jack cheese on it. It was as good as any beef burger I've ever had. Buffalo yeah. turkey burger. Yes, oh, it was. Wow. It was, was this excellent. a recipe or is this no? Just it was from scratch. Yeah. We was I was out in the yard working, and I was like, man, I want something. You know, I want like a chicken wing or something. So. We had to make do with the health kick, but it was still pretty good, though. Did it taste like, did it have like a, a chicken wing or flavor? It or tastes like a chicken breast. I mean, really? like you get a buffalo chicken breast, like a, like Windy City, you get their sandwich. That's what it tastes like. Really? But I mean, it was just a pack full of juice, I guess because it's hot sauce was in the meat, you know. But it was it was excellent. I'm definitely going to have to try that on the grill, for sure. It wasn't dry? No, not at all. It was better today than it was last night. Yeah. So, I mean. Did y'all do any sides or just do a burger and cheese? Smoked sweet potato fries, something easy. Yeah. It's hard to do it during the week. That's the that's the hardest thing about trying to halfway eat right during the week because we're always competing on the weekend, and you're definitely not eating right then. And just man, staying busy and it's a handful. Oh, I, it's hard not to go get margaritas on the weekend for me. <laughs> that's my that's my downfall. I do good through the week. Come the We've weekend, been doing pretty good the past few weeks. Jumbo margaritas on ice, Corona on the side is a kicker. That's good. Well, so this week I thought we'd talk about knives. Is that okay with you boys? Yeah, heck yeah. I'm a, <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm a knife junkie. I ain't gonna lie. I, I mark his taste, so that's why I thought having him over, y'all talk could talk about, about knives. knives. I, I think Mark's part Indian because he's my go-to sharpener man. So <laughs> if, if I have to get one sharpened, I always call him because I'm not a knife sharpener. I just you know I like a good knife, but you know I have several several like. You know, really good knives that I've gotten as gifts. So, Shell, you've gave me you gave me a couple, and and those are my you know those are my knives. I only get out on special occasions. I don't use them a whole lot. Um, we have 
the ones I use the most are probably just those those Santa Safe Dexter Russells. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're easily. I mean, I don't care. They're just stainless steel, nice. You no, if you lose it or mess it up, you ain't lost. You nick the you blade, know. you break it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt my feelings. But they work, man. They're easy to put a, 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 a edge back on them if you get dull. A lot of times when I'm trimming my comp meat or something, I'm just grabbing my you know the little semi flexible. I think it's a six inch uh, semi flexible boning knife. And that's the one I use the most. It's kind of my utility knife. I do have a firmer blade one, and it's just a six inch. It's like a real I stiff it's a blade. Five inch. I think it's a five inch stiff Is it, blade. It might, it might be. I don't know. I, I don't really look at the size and stuff. I was just kind of guessing by looking at it. But they're, I mean, those are the, the easiest knives, and it's about the cheapest, least expensive knives that, that I and know you've had that are great for. Several for years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had, shoot, a long time. I, I mean, I buy them at Restaurant Supply, is where, you know, they're, I think you can get them for about 15, 16 bucks a lot of times. You can catch them. No more than 20 bucks for one. Heck, even the brisket slicer I use is a Dexter Russell. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, for a utility brisket slicer, man, I've, you see the videos, I cut everything with it. So that was my first question. What's your go to knife at home? What do you use, Mark? I lean toward the, the Vitronox, the red handle, the one we got when we started cutting ribs. You know, that was. I think they're like 20 bucks on Amazon. And like I say, if you lose it or mess it up, you're really not out, you know, like you would be if you had a shun or something like that. But you can put an edge on them and you can shave with. And they keep an edge. So that's always, I got two or three in the drawer. I mean, Emily, even she's got to wear, she's like, a knife ain't that important. And then once you, she started using good knives, she don't ever go to the ones over in the little wooden block. She goes to mine. So and I, that red-handed knife isn't as flexible as that Dexter Russell, would you say? Mm, it's not. It's it's considered a semi flex knife. Uh, I would say that's what I mean when you buy it off Amazon. That's where I've seen you it. You got to watch because you'll get either or when you really? order them off Amazon. It it don't really. It'll say semi flexible, and I've got I've ordered two the same day, and neither one of them are the same. So it looked identical, and one's real flimsy, but it works good, you know, especially trimming. And then one will be the stiffer one, and they both were ordered on the same like same day, same thing. So I like the flex to it. For doing um, small stuff or getting like sinew off of ribs or when you're having to, you know, trim a brick top of a brisket. But if you need, you know, if you need something to go through some meat, you got to get that stiff knife. So I always have two. And when, I, when I'm when i trimming, I get two out. I usually get my crock sticks out, hit both knives. I'll, I'll start it on the coarse blade, then move it over to the ceramic rods, straight, you know, just hit those a few licks to get them going. And then I'll trim with both knives because if I'm breaking it down, if I'm breaking meat off, like breaking a brisket down or breaking a butt down, I'm using the stiffer knife. But if I'm doing uh, detail work, like getting some of that silver skin off or making little delicate cuts where I don't want to take off too much meat, I go for that flexible one because you can slide in with the tip of it and kind of get going back along the top of the meat and it'll just glide right through it where that stiffer knife's a little wider, takes off a little more meat. But I, I mean, I also use Hinkles. I mean, I, that's what I, that's the block, the wood block we have in our kitchen. They're not an expensive knife set. I mean, you can get them, heck, probably Target or just about anywhere now. But that's that's usually our go-to knife at home too. We've got for a, chef knife, yeah, yeah, chef's knife, paring knife. Um, what's the? There's another little knife in there. That's the little paring knife. I use it all the time, peeling tomatoes or fruit or anything like that. I think I think at home you definitely won't. A knife set, a decent knife set. You don't have to break the bank because they're going to get beat up. I mean, yeah, you need a good chef's knife at the very least. We have three or four. Yeah, yeah. and they're all. I think one of them may be a Wustoff, but the the other ones are all Hinkles, and I've lost some of the set, and <laughs> I've replaced <laughs> them, and um, I've lost I don't know 
there's nothing how many little steak knives we've had to replace. Because for some reason, steak knives in my house Mark get used as like screw, Phillips head screwdrivers. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they get taken to barbecue contests too. Yeah, they do. They end up, I've seen them end up out in the flower bed <laughs> for pruning. I didn't know you could prune with a knife, but hey, I guess you can. That never happened. But I have, I do have a good set of steak knives. I've got a set of Wustoff steak knives that are in their own block, and we usually only use them for cutting steak. They don't go in the dishwasher. They don't, you know. The dishwasher kills them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was always like, oh, dishwasher, you know, big deal, throw them in there. And we had one nice set, and, of course, we run them through the dishwasher. And they would hold an edge, but, I mean, it ruined them. I mean, they're you'll see pits all in the blade, and you're like, how did that get there? And it's because of the dishwasher. What well, the mean? heat and banging them around, I'm guessing is what it is. What do you mean pits in the blade? It'll create like little, it almost looks like rust. And it'll just like flake away. And I, yeah. I guess, I was always told if a knife blade won't rust, it ain't worth having. And I mean, if you got a blade that won't rust, it's not going to hold an edge. So I guess it was a good thing they rusted, but dishwasher kills them, you know. I also read when I was kind of doing some research for this topic today that if you keep your knives in a wooden block, that they can't breathe and moisture can't get out. So it's not the best place to store them. That will cause rust. I've seen rust spots on knives that are left. In, if you put them up wet, see, yeah. that's another thing I do. When I wash, when I hand wash mine, I'll take um, another dish towel and lay it out on the cabinet. And then I'll get me some warm soapy water, clean all my knives. Don't throw them just in the water to reach around and grab them. Keep them on that one side of the sink. I've cut myself doing that. Yeah, oh, you can. I mean, you know. You won't do it but once, usually. Yeah. <laughs> but I wash them like that, and as I wash them and rinse them, I lay them over on a towel and make sure they're completely dry before putting them up. Because putting them back in a block will rust them. Just throwing them all back in the drawer is going to rust them. I mean, it, it's it's real easy to do. The care on a knife not hard. I mean, if you keep it, if you halfway keep it sharp with either a, a you know a set of crock sticks or some kind of um, hone something like that and then hit it with a blade refinisher every once in a while they'll last you a long time what are your go-to knives for like a bar- the barbecue trailer the steak trailer the ones you're taking with you to contest mark what, what, what what's your go-to's as far as barbecue i got a shun for brisket just because you I gotta have a shun it. yes it's it's unbelievable on brisket well, what's you, a shun you may be more on this than I am. I you're the one that turned me on to them. I mean, it's it's a Japanese knife company that man they make some really killer knives. They're expensive. And it's a what I like about that knife you're talking about is it's weighted so heavy that and it's long enough that when you go through a, a piece of meat like a brisket, you're just making one draw back. You're not there's no sawing action no. or anything. The, the weight of the knife is what's cutting it. And man, it's got a like you said a razor sharp finish. And it's, I mean, they're just, they're good Japanese steel knives. They're, I mean, they're expensive. I mean, you're going to get they're proud of them. But I, I mean, it's, it's worth it. That one knife, was it, 150 I think so. Well, yeah, yeah it was it's like, like it 125 is. 150 depending yeah. on when you caught it on sale. Because I order mine Amazon. I'm, oh, yeah. I just, well, I, I always, I always double check. I'm going to check Amazon first if I can get a Prime. You can and find then I'll them at go, like Dillard's or Macy's or a place like that online. I think the best deal I found on it when I bought the first William one Sonoma. was William Sonoma. Yeah. They had that ran, might have been they, And I think that's where you got it yours too, been. the first one. But I've ordered, you know, we started out, uh, of course, I've had that Dexter Russell brisket knife. That was probably the first decent brisket knife that I ever bought. Before that, we were using an electric knife on brisket. <laughs> and I bought that Dexter Russell. And um, I liked the way it cut, but I wanted a little bit, 
finer blade, you know, and, and it seems like the more money you spend on a decent knife, on a brisket, a roast slicer like that, the, the, the smaller and the sharper the blade gets. So the next one we bought was a Wustoff, and, and um, I saw a lot of guys. Did y'all ever have one of those Wustoffs? Yeah. It's a good, it's a fine brisket knife too. I think it was the 12 inch, if I want to say, or 14, I can't remember. It's one of the two, but we have one of those as well. So we bring two knives, two brisket knives to every contest, the Shun and a Wustoff. You know, we always go back to the Vitronox when it comes to slicing ribs, just because if you got one that's a little crooked or you're trying to straighten up, it don't hesitate to cut cartridge bone, whatever you know, whatever it needs to. So that's probably steak trailer same way. You know, I mean, I keep two of those in our steak tote. So the Vitronox, mm-hmm. yeah. We we have a set of uh, a really nice set of Wustoff chef's knives, and that's usually our working mine and Wayland's working set. Actually, Wayland. Bought that set, man. He, I think he gave five or six hundred bucks for it. It was a lot for a good set of knives. Before that, I, I always bring a, a Mad Cow Cutlery set of Mundi knives, and they were good. They're kind of similar to the Victor Knox Dexter Russell. They're not as expensive. It's a good barbecue set to get started with, but they don't hold the edge near as good as those Wustoffs do. But we also have um, at least one of the Victor Knox knives. But we've started uh, cutting our ribs. With one of these, and I'm probably going to say it wrong, but I, I want to say it's a Havilon. Mm-hmm. That's how I say it. But what it is, it's like a disposable razor blade knife. And they make a, I think it's a four and a half inch blade for one. It comes with kind of a little blunt tip blade that's only about three and a half inches long, which is, it's a great blade for cutting through stuff. But um, the longer blade is a little bit more narrow towards the end. And for cutting through ribs, man, you can just show that knife to a slab of ribs and it falls apart <laughs> there's no cutting i mean it's a razor so it makes it's almost like using a scalpel and so that's why we use it and Wayland's he, he always cuts the ribs he's i mean you can you can take that knife and you're, it doesn't matter if there's a piece of bone or cartilage at the end or anything it's squaring it straight off and you're not messing up your other knives because you can just throw that blade away so i think there's room like if you're going to get a serious a knife arsenal for barbecue you you got to have one of the Victor Knox or something similar like that with the semi-flexible blade. You need a little heavier boning knife about the same length. And then you need a good brisket knife. And then if you have one of the razor knives, you'd be set. Yeah, you don't need anything else. That's really all you need. Now, we always kind of bring extra knives just because you never know if one gets dull. You don't If you're building a box, you don't have time to sharpen a knife. So we usually lay out two or three or we'll put them up on our little magnet strip. And we'll have, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll have all our knives arranged out like that to where you can just grab one and go to the, go to the other. Now we don't we don't usually get out two brisket knives. We just have the one, but that that's how we work a contest. Well, what do you look for in a knife, Mark? Well, that's a pretty tough call because you really until you put your hands on one, you really don't know what you got. Yeah. So, like you said about the Vitronox. I mean, yeah, really, the knives I have is from other people that I know's had experience with it, and I see it firsthand. I could not, no matter what it cost or who recommended it online, I couldn't go online and say, "Well, that's a hundred dollar knife. I want it. I I need to see it." You know, because I mean, until you feel it, it may feel terrible in your hand. And people's like, "Why is the knife got to feel good?" Because you know that's you know that's the extension of you, so it's got to be comfortable. You know, um, I made a mistake and bought. I can't remember what brand it was. It might have been a, it might have been a Wustoff, or it was one they had on like Amazon Prime Day, and it was like twenty bucks, and it was like a little ten inch slicer, and I was like, man, it's perfect. 
Well, little did I know the handle was actually the same size as the blade, so there was no definition between the handle and the blade. And you would, if you didn't watch, you'd cut your index finger every time you used it. And it sits in the drawer and it don't get used. So <laughs> I think it's a lot of, you know, experience from other people and, you know, picking up on what people say, hey, well, I use this knife and I enjoy it. And you get to see it firsthand. I guess it's kind of like buying a car. You kind of want to go on test drive first, you know. But That makes sense because they're weighted differently and... You know, like you said, the blades and the handles are all different. I had a set of those Ken Onion knives, and I they were they're a great set of knives, and they're you know handmade and all that. They just didn't feel right in my hand. And then Mark, you come over one time, and I think I just had them in a drawer, and I and I let you pick one up to show you how sharp it was because they were sharp. And he's yeah. like, "Man, I like it." So you like the way it feel, and so I mean, I the just, little one is kind of awkward, but the two bigger ones y'all had. You can put an edge on them, just like a shun. Oh I mean, yeah, it's it's ridiculous how sharp they are. They're really good knives. They just they wouldn't for me. I mean, yeah, I always thought the blade was too thick on those or something. It's just it was, it was like a weird line. that design that he did that time. I I wasn't crazy about it. It was like a water design on the blade mm-hmm. or an edge or something. Did you end up taking those knives with you? Oh yeah, they're still in my drawer. <laughs> I I mean, I just had them thrown in the junk drawer. I mean, they had scabbards on them, but I didn't. Yeah. I never used them. I mean, that's you know, I, I got them and and tried. Tried to make them work. Tried to like them because they look cool, but it wasn't for me. That's and Mark's right. It's all about feel for me on a knife. I don't care what it costs. I want. I mean, it ain't like I'm going out and I'm not going to break the bank. I'd rather I'd rather spend ten bucks on a knife that I like than two hundred on one that I hate. So it's about feel, but it's it's also about what I'm going to use it for. And I know at barbecue we're throwing them in the sink. We're in a hurry. It's not. I'm not getting to take. I'm not getting to take care of them like I should. So I leave my expensive knives for, for being at home and then just bring the ones I'm going to war with to the barbecue. Well, what's the knife, nicest knife you own? Probably one of those, my chef's uh, chef knife that's a shun. It's probably about a $180 knife retail, and it's, I love it. But I also have one of my granddad's old hickories, and it's an old school butcher knife. Real steel, and you could whittle that thing down. <laughs> you could keep sharpening it until there ain't no metal left. And I, man, I... Uh, now I don't use it a whole lot, but I used to bring it with me to contest because it was a talking point to the judges. I could tell them about my granddad and barbecue and how we used to clean hogs. This this knife is a it's a one of the old hickories that your, your papa had, you know, and he used it to clean hogs. When I was a kid, I remember him scalding hogs and using that knife. For, as first the day before they cleaned hogs, they would get all their knives out and put them on the stones and. Do the oil and the straps and all that. And I, mean, I remember as a kid. They need a crock stick. I should have paid attention back then to how to sharpen a knife. Those old timers knew how to do it. But I still have that knife and it's in the drawer downstairs. I got one that my brother and sister in law got me for Christmas and it's a handmade Damascus steel that somebody they go to church with actually was one of the first ones he ever made. And I would never cut anything with it. I mean, it's, it's too beautiful. And it ain't no telling what that knife's worth. I have no idea. But they actually had it made and had it lasered etched our Swan Like Barbecue logo into the Damascus steel. And it's all blended. Like you, if you glance at it, you don't know it's there. But if you hold it right in the light, you can see it in the layers of steel. And it is, it's beautiful. And that's probably one of my favorite ones that I'll never use. You know, you never cut anything never with it. Never cut a thing with it. <laughs> Do you have it out like for display? Oh, it's over there on the little trophy case sitting out. You know, it, it looks good. So, but that's, that's one that means a lot to me, you know, because that was when we were just getting started and, you know, I think we just actually come out with our name and logo, and that was all a big deal. It still is a big deal to me, and it's 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 got a special place. Yeah. So. 
That that's pretty awesome. Jane was telling you about somebody that's building knives and selling them. Somebody, they're more somebody he works with. They're like a tactical pocket knife. I would I'd say tactical. It just looks like it to me. It's made out of titanium and man, they're getting unbelievable like amounts thousands. of money. Yeah. For a pocket knife. Now I call it a pocket knife. It's a clip it has a clip on it, you clip it on your your belt. But I would be scared to take it out in the woods or out in the field or somewhere because I mean, these knives, I think he sells them for like 1200 bucks. It's but he only list. makes a limited number of them. Like, he makes so many a month is all he makes in his spare time. And then when they go to shows, there's guys waiting, you know, to buy them for four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 for one knife. And, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. When, when they told me about the guy that was, man, I wish I could remember his name. And I'll have to, I'll have to get Jay to, to come on and talk about the knife guy that he met. <laughs> it's an interesting story because... This guy, now I'm sure he makes a great knife. I mean, but it seems like he's got marketing down. He's got this style <laughs> where he's creating demand for his knives. But Jay said it's a, it's almost a scary business too because one one flaw in a blade or anything, and that guy would be out of business because once the the, the people in that knife collecting world that pay that kind of money for those knives, if if they think that for some reason you made a flaw or you made a mistake, it, you're done. You're, you, you won't sell another knife. So. Really? I never knew any. I didn't never know anything about that, you know, knife world. <laughs> the knife world. <laughs> so I guess there's knife collectors out there. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. It's a whole different ball game for. I mean, I thought, you know, spending 200 bucks on a knife was crazy. Yeah. These guys are spending thousands. They probably say the, thing, the same thing about us about barbecue grills, so. though. <laughs> Who would pay $2,000 for that smoker? Yeah. What are some other brands out there that y'all like? Well, you talked about uh, I mean, Shine. You talked about Dexter Russell. The Victor Knox, the Wustoffs. Um, I mean, what what's the one the SCA has a deal with? Is it? Uh, it ain't Hammerstall, is it? Or I, don't is it? Think, no. I don't think it's Hammerstall. Hammerstall's another good brand in knife. Um, I can't um, pronounce Star Wars, though. There's a lot of good German knives. I'm not a... I'm not a brand knife guy. I know the ones I have, and I don't study knives. I'm just, I think, to have a good knife, you need to be comfortable with it, A, and, you know, know how to put a decent edge on it, and then put it to good use. I mean, if it tears up, you can get another one real easy. That's why I try not to blow the budget on them. Save your money for your knives that do one job, and then treat them like a baby. <laughs> That's about <laughs> Do you keep them in knife rolls at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of ours stay in a roll. Um, the, and, and as a matter of fact, my son, it come with like this little, um, wooden type sheath that it goes in. So it stays in that after it gets dried, of course, cause you don't, you don't want it to rust. I don't even know if a shun would rust. Oh yeah. What it, have you, have you, I don't want to know that one yeah. rusts, but it will. Man, I would, it'd make me sick to think that, that knife. Gunter Wilhelm. Yeah, Gunter Wilhelm. That was, that's the knife. Probably didn't pronounce that right, but it's yeah. close enough. Yeah. I've never I've never used one. Yeah, it's yeah. a I mean they're they're a brand that I think they're getting behind the SCA some kind of way. If you're an SCA member, I did see them post that you get a discount on those knives. I think if uh, you can't pronounce it, it's probably a pretty good knife. Like it's gonna be sharp. That's a good rule of thumb. You can't pronounce it because I don't. Is it? It's not shun, is it? Is it? Because I've got corrected on that before. Oh, it might not be shun. Like that's how I say. If you're from Mississippi, it's, it's a shun. shun. <laughs> that's a shun. It might be shoon. I don't know. That's close enough to me. Do you keep your knives in knife roll, Mark? Uh, I got one small knife roll. Um, 
I'm probably a little harder on knives than I ought to be because they just usually get thrown in whatever box they need to be. Um, I actually have a felt knife like sheave that one of my, I think it's a Vitronox, I think, come in it. And I never thought about it. Now that you're talking about the wood make one rust, that's a good point. I mean, because that felt's going to let it breathe. And it's got the little like Kevlar thread on the outside so it won't cut through it. And that's the one we keep in the trailer. And I want to get... And, I may have to get one for my shun to keep in there just because it helps protect it, like you say. I've seen a lot of people use those leather knife rolls. Those seem to be real popular right now. And they look really cool, too. But I imagine it would let it breathe, too. Yeah, I'd like to have one of those. I don't I don't have one, but I think it's really cool. It'd be cool to get, like, customized. Like, you have your swine life knife, you know, to have a customized Some guy leather. named Jay was supposed to make us all some, yeah. and I think he <laughs> didn't. <clears throat> His is more of like he got into photography. Yeah. <laughs> he went from leather to photography. I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sure he's got a dark room set up now to develop a film. <laughs> Can you put develop film on Instagram? I guess you could take pictures of your dark room and put on there. That's kind of creepy, a dark room. <laughs> I'll stick to this podcast. We leave the lights home when we do stuff more. <laughs> Good thing. Good thing. Well, so should you ever carry your knives to a professional knife sharpener? Or, I mean, can you do... I, I guess the question is, what's the difference in you doing it at home or taking it up to old nubs up there? <laughs> at the square? We really <laughs> have nubs. a knife sharpener. The, the local knife sharpener's guy's name is Nubs. I don't know how he got it. <laughs> I think he cut a couple of fingers off learning to trade. <laughs> My thing on that is, if you know them and trust them, and they do do good work, Go for it. But there ain't but two knife sharpeners out there. It's either a really good one or a terrible one. And I think, was it you yeah. at the contest? Somebody? Well, I will say, somebody come and got my knife said, man, you ain't going to believe this. There's a knife sharpener over there for $5. He can, you know, he, he can make it. I think the same guy supposed to make us a knife roll. Knife holder, yeah. So anyway, we sent, our, we sent one of our brisket knives down there. I think it might have been my Dexter, my white Dexter Russell back when we were taking it with us. <laughs> and so we sent it down there and five dollar bill for Chris brand new five. Abraham Lincoln on and everything. Sent it down there and it come back and it looked like somebody stuck it off in a dead gum lawnmower. I mean <laughs> really? it was all chewed up. I was so mad. <laughs> Good thing you didn't send the good one. I know. That's what it, that's why I never trust nobody to sharpen your knives. There there are some like in fact our shun, our Mississippi shuns, you can send them back once a year and they recommend it, sending it back to the manufacturer. To actually sharpen them, but a good knife, you shouldn't have to do a whole lot to it all the time. I mean, a hone, just a, a rod, should get it back in shape most of the time. If it really gets out of shape, you need to put take a little bit of the metal off and start over. But that doesn't happen very often. A lot. I mean, the, what what makes ours dull the worst is cutting through cold fat. And pork butts and brisket will take the edge right off of a knife. Fat is hard on the edge. But you can hit it back with the rod a few licks, and it brings it right back. So, so how do you sharpen your knives? Walk me through the process. I have a, I actually have a, a like a diamond hone that I'll hit them with in the trailer, and then we bring a cr- set of crock sticks. That's just the little rods. They kind of act the same way. The the, the, the rods, rods right? well, it has a little finer grit rod, and it has a and it has a, a coarser rod. And all they do is get it back in shape. It has the defined angle on it. It doesn't take metal off of those. They're just meant to put them back in shape, and it just has that defined angle to do it. Now, if you really, they make the handheld different ones that that have a little bit more of a, a bite to them for taking it back down to a good edge. And sometimes you have to go, you know, if they lo- totally lose their edge, like the Dexter, the cheaper, nice wheel, you have to go back and start over. So I'll do that. 
every once in a while. I mean, the bad thing about the Dexter Russell knives is I've gotten a bad habit of, of putting those in the dishwasher. When we come home from a barbecue contest, they're usually in a tote, and we don't take the time to wash those because they are cheap knives, and we'll throw them to the dishwasher and bring them out, and then I usually have to sharpen them every time I get ready to use them, but it's, it's nothing to it. I mean, I think the big thing is knowing what you're buying when you buy a knife, because like them shuns, I mean, I think, well, they 15 degree angles, what they're like honed at. Which and is then, totally different than most right, knives. Right, most knives are 20 or 25, and I think you can really ruin a knife if you don't know. You know, if you was to stick that shun on a 20, I don't know what it would do, but it can't be good, you know. If it was good for it, they would have been 20 when you bought it, you know. That's but right. I think knowing, having a little knowledge of what you actually got in your hand when you start sharpening to know. Um, I use the Croc 6 90% of the time. I do have one of those electric hones. It's got like three different discs in there that sharpen it, and one's like really coarse. And we've actually used that on a couple of Dexter Russells to get it back true. I think it was the one after the the five dollar knife sharpener yeah, got a hold of it. Yeah, you brought me back on that one. But I mean, you will if you let one go so far, you're gonna have to get a little aggressive with it to get it back true. And I had a guy show me one time you could take a sharpie and run it down the the edge of the knife right where the blade is, the sharpest point on each side, and then you run it down a hone. And it tells you how true it is if you're actually sharpening the point because where your sharpie's left, that hone's not touching. So you kind of, you can run a sharpie down each side and then sharpen it a few times to see what you actually have. And that kind of gives you an idea if, you know, both sides of that knife are at the same angle or one's way off or one side's sharpened more than the other. And it makes sense. It does give you a little, you know, a little help there if you're not sure what you got to start with. Well, do y'all ever use the water stones or is it always the crock sticks? Mm, I've not. I've messed around with sharpening a pocket knife on a stone. I wouldn't put one of my good knives. I mean, I'd probably I'd, I'd put a Dexter Russell on one just to. I think you got to. It's an age limit on them. You got to be at least sixty to use yeah. a whetstone. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I about cut my finger off one time jacking with a whetstone. I was I was younger and I had you know I had a bunch of these Gerber hunting knives. You know the ones everybody get the fold ones. <laughs> Wasn't paying attention and I was working that stone like you know holding it at the angle you're supposed to be holding in doing my circles and all that. Drew it right back across my finger, and man, I said, yeah, that's it for my stone sharpening days. And so the honing rods, is that the same thing as crock sticks? Oh, uh, well, the crock sticks kind of take a lot of the guesswork out because they're actually set for the angle. angle. Right, yeah. so you just take it, and it's like you're slicing bread. You just drag that knife across it just like you're cutting bread, and it does majority of the work for you. Uh, a lot like, of your honing rods, you know, that's kind of, it's an art to it. I can't do it. I mean... You know, it comes back to the angle. You have to hold that knife at the right angle and get both sides. The rods have both sides at different angles. So you hit one, you hit the other. What it's doing, it's slowly tapering that knife down to a finer point. At have that you angle. tried one of the little belt sander? No, uh, I've seen those. Work sharp or whatever they're called. I've seen them, but I've never tried. I've never, you know, and that's what a lot of those knife guys will have. The guy at the square, he old dubs. That's what he uses. There's a big version. Yeah, it's a bigger version of like a belt sanding tool. It's in the back of his little van, and he just gets up in there and goes to town on them. Oh, no. Well, do you do anything extra to take care of your knives? Just clean them. I mean, the right way to do it, hot, soapy water. Dry them off really good before you put them up. Put them in a, a, some kind of sheath, um, you know, or knife roll. Usually we have a sheath and a knife roll, and that way nobody's going to get cut with them because um, – the most dangerous thing to me is a dull knife. I mean, you can cut yourself more with a dull knife, but not taking care of them or just throwing them in a tote like we do all the time. I mean, it's easy for me to tell you what to do and then what day for me, how I do it. Do not put them down on the speed rack. 
No. When you go to grab gloves and that knife's turned up on the end, you'll you'll find it. We did that. You did that. I did it, Little Rock. Oh, yeah, hadn't been too long ago. What the knife was just in the speed rack. Mm-hmm. Just fall. I think it was stood up at one time, and the yeah. trailer got jarred, and she laid on down. And did you cut yourself? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. What I kind was of was die. it? A Vitronox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as it was. A little super glue. <laughs> Well, did your cutting board have, does that affect your knife at all? Well, you have to have certain types. I usually always do my prep work either on one of the hard plastic ones. I'm not sure what you call that plastic, but that's, that's what I usually do my trimming on. Now I will use those disposable boards sometime, but, but, um, the glass boards or something hard surface like that will ruin a knife. A wooden one. Yeah. Just a wooden one's hard one. too. And I usually, I, I mean, I, I use my wooden one for, for carving meat, but I try not to cut down into it. Right. But I don't do any prep on a wooden one. I mean, it's, it's, it's usually a hard plastic or either one of the liners, and I try not to touch the board ever with the knife. I mean, it's not like a, the only time that I'm, that my blades usually even coming close to hitting the board is when we're breaking a little bit of the cartilage off, straightening up a slab of spare ribs. The rest of the time, it's not going all the way down. Well, what's the rule about, you know, using your knife? Like you were saying, you, you don't saw at it. You let the weight of the knife. You're always supposed to let the knife cut. I mean, it's not it's not so much as you sawing at it. Like you said, it's it's more of the motion to where you let the knife do the work. If you got a good sharp knife, it's going to cut for you, and you're just dragging it back across. That's how I like to cut. So I push forward a little bit and then just let it drag back, and that's that's how I make my slices on everything. Some guys, you say, really just hacking at it and working that knife back and forth with the wrist. That's not working the knife. That's working your arm. It's in your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Would y'all consider kitchen shears part of a knife set? Heck yeah. And now, you want to talk? Hey, man, my kitchen shears are just as important in barbecue as the knives. We use those for cleaning up stuff. I mean, it, it, even when I'm trimming meat, I have a set of kitchen shears right there by me. Because, I mean, sometimes just getting off a little piece, a piece of skin or something where you don't want to use the knife edge, you can take those shears and straighten it up. I mean, I, I use them all the time. Y'all, do y'all bring kitchen shears with you? Or? We, we bring whisker, yeah, whisker trimmers. Yeah, you've got the little cosmetic ones on. It's like little surgical scissors. They work, though. Those things are razor sharp, too, though. Do you use them for trimming? We usually, the only time I ever use them is like when we're doing thighs. So like if they come out of the pan, you got the little hangy piece of skin. And this, like you say, the whisker trimmers, they're just like a razor blade. I mean, they cook, you know, very good. I think they got a little bit closer blades than what, like the kitchen shears would. Yeah. The kitchen shears are more to, you know, crack open a chicken. Yeah. They're a little bit more aggressive. Those little red-handled ones you have that, like you were saying with the brisket, they work real well. Uh, the Mesermeister, that's what those are. They're the kind of little breakdown scissors, so you can clean them real easy. They just have the little knots that hooks them together. And I've had that set for several years now. And I think I, sp- I went on and spent like 30 bucks on a, on a pair of kitchen scissors or kitchen shears. And, that, I mean, they've lasted a long time. Do you ever sharpen those? Never have. I never have put an edge on them. Now, some of the sharpeners out there, they make a, a edge for – I've got a little handheld. I think it's a Smith's sharpening system and it has a slot to run your scissors through if you ever need to but it's not so much uh, i mean i guess you you know it's probably good to have a sharp set of scissors but it's like uh mark said if i wanted some real sharp ones i would go get some of those little surgical scissors with a smaller cut and surface but they cut really close and really good 
Well, what about pocket knives? I know it's a little different, but you always need one when you're doing comps. And I keep, I usually keep a knife on me. I try to. Um, I don't, I don't have a fancy one or anything. I think you gave me one for Christmas several years. You've given me two. One of them is my deer caping knife, and I keep it in my hunting bag. And then the other one, uh, you bought it for me, so I don't want to lose it, so I don't bring it. <laughs> and I've got some of those little cheap, I don't know, they're like little uh, fake spider coats, you know, the little flip outs that right. you can get in a little pack at the hardware store for <laughs> like four for ten or something like that. But I mean, I'll, I'm hard on pocket knives. I'm, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to leave it somewhere. I'm going to let somebody borrow it. I'm going to break it open in something I shouldn't. I'm going to be stripping wires <laughs> with it. I'm, I'm cutting through charcoal bag. I mean, I'm doing all kinds of stuff with, with the pocket knife. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, Mark, I know you carry a knife. If you see me, I got one on me. I mean, it's just, that's how I was raised, you know, working with Jamie and Daddy out in the shop. But if you didn't have a pocket knife, you couldn't work. You that's know? your Vianney fork. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Vianney <laughs> fork. Might be a mayonnaise spreader. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> They can do it all. Get a hook out of fish's mouth, whatever you need. I carry a little bitty small, it's the outdoor edge, and it's like 10 bucks. And it's literally not two inches long. I mean, you can throw it in your pocket and you forget it's there. And it, like you say, if you lose it, no big deal. But it has an excellent blade on it. I mean, a lot of those outdoor edge knives have really good blades that I can tell. I have one of this. I know I have a sling blade, and I have one of the kits with like, it's got like the fixed blade hunting knife on it, several of uh, several of the other ones, and those are man. I like the outdoor edge knives. They're uh, really is that a brand? Outdoor yeah, it's edge? it's a brand. Usually, it's hunting stuff, but they're starting to make like um, uh, some culinary type knives too. And they have like the the hard plastic handles, kind of like the sand safe handle. They're a really good knife. They they actually have a one of the disposable blade knives too, where it's like a razor razor blade style that you can pitch now. I don't know what they're thinking with those. Those knives work great, but they didn't really think through what you're supposed to do with that blade. <laughs> because yeah. when you go to toss the garbage and it's you can't, razor sharp. you're going to, you can hurt somebody bad just throwing those knives away. So what we normally do is, we, I mean, I don't, I, you're probably supposed to break them up, but I just try to wrap it up as much stuff as I can, drop it down in a bottle or something. Something, you know, I don't have a sharps container to drop my knife, replaceable knife blades in. But think about that. If you're using those disposable style knives, they might be the scalpels. They might be these blades that come off. How you dispose of those? Because if you just throw them down the garbage can, you got to pick up that trash. Or somebody doesn't know it, they stick their hand down there. You don't know where anywhere down the road it might really hurt somebody. So that's just my little public service announcement. <laughs> what else we got to talk about, Shell? We pretty much talk about as much about knives as I know. <laughs> Have you ever owned a sword? <laughs> I've had several machetes in my time. There was a time when I was a kid, I thought I was John J. Rambo. I had to have one of the Rambo survival knives with the compass in the stock and the fishing line, and the matches, matches, all that that goes with it. And so that, and then I guess I got into horror movies and Friday the 13th, oh, Jason had him a machete, so I had to have me a machete. Not to hack people up, but just to have. So I had, it yeah, cool. I thought it was cool, man. When you're a kid, you know, coming up, you want nunchucks, machetes, Rambo knives. I mean, I had the boots and the headscarf thing to tie around. That might be a throwback for me one day, dress up like Rambo <laughs> for old time's sake. We're trying to come up with Halloween. What kid costume. doesn't like Rambo? Well, what kid that grew up in the 80s doesn't like Rambo? That might be before your time, Mark. Yeah. No, not really. It was a little bit. They drew first blood. <laughs> I tell you something I enjoy though. Back to, you know, back to the older times. I guess is 
you know, watching some of these guys break a whole hog down with just a hatchet, you know, and are precise yes. with it. Yes. And that's what dad used to always laugh when, when we got into cooking, you know, we had these nicer knives and dad's like, man, you know, when I was growing up, we used to raise pigs, you know, all we had was a hatchet, you know, that was it. And we're, we was at a barbecue contest and somebody was breaking a hog down with a hatchet and it was, I enjoyed watching them because I mean, it, everybody's like, oh, you're butchering it. No, they are, oh, they are very precise and clean cuts and. If they know what they're doing, they're doing a fine job. I mean, just as good as any other butcher there is. A lot of times, Newman, isn't it? Newman of Newman Farms. Farms. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris Newman, maybe? Chris's brother. Chris's brother. I've seen him do it. I've yeah. seen Chris do it. And I'm talking. He probably could. Yeah, I'm talking. They put a, you know, a big old cleaver there and knock it with a mallet, and it's just perfect, you know. Perfect cuts all the way down. Every primal broke out. No knife was used. That sounds just that way. Like, and we I'm go, talking fat, pretty fast too, clean and fast. I mean, it wasn't like it was a slow process. It was that's, impressive. That's all Daddy used. Like we get, you know, done rabbit hunt, dressing rabbits. I mean, Daddy can break a rabbit down literally in just seconds, and it's always using a hatchet. He don't pull a pocket knife out. He don't pull any knife out. It's just a hatchet, and it's his granddaddy's old hatchet that he still uses. You know, I'd like to have a hatchet. I don't have one. That's one one tool I've never had. Is you know, Jay got that one that he bought when we were. He bought one somewhere. It was around Memphis in May time, and it's 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 a work of art. I mean, it's beautiful. It might have been a hammer stall. It may have been. Uh, I think uh, he bought it from one of the vendors. I think Memphis in May. That's right. Now I tell you one tool that I do use uh, pretty often, especially when I'm feeding a lot of people and chopping pork, is a cleaver. I've used I've used a cleaver a pretty good bit. The thing with cleavers, you got to get one that's got some weight on it, or you're just wasting your time. But they come in handy. Why? Because you let the weight of the cleaver. Yeah, you're not really swinging it. You're letting the weight break the meat up. You're and, just picking it up. And actually, um, let's see, the jerk pork video I did, it's been a few weeks back, but I use a cleaver to chop that up. Anytime you want to rough something up, like, you know, a rough cut, I like the way a cleaver does it. It's, it's easier than trying to get a chef's knife. And you're not going to swing a chef's knife at a cutting board like that to, to try to break something up. So I personally like good rough chopped barbecue anyway. Mm-hmm. I do too. I do too. <laughs> that, I mean, that's yeah. the rich, the, Old school barbecue where they had double. Have you ever seen somebody work double cleavers when they got it on the big cutting board and they're <laughs> chopping that pork, man, and they're mixing all the p- different pieces and parts together? They're working it with the cleavers and they scoop it up and serve it on the little trays on wax paper. Man, it's, that's old school barbecue right there, Jack's Creek style. <laughs> <laughs> Takes me back. Well, Shell, what do we got coming up? What do we got? I know. Uh, We've got a contest. Mark already yeah. mentioned Saturday. SCA contest this weekend for Rowdy Club in Memphis. How many teams do they have? Ooh, it was, it's going to be was 46. Yeah, it's going to be I, that was like two days ago, though, I believe. It's going to top 50. It's going to be a huge contest. For st- Everybody's trying to get in. To the, I mean, we've only got six or seven contests left, or weeks left, until the cutoff to, to get it to go to the championship in Fort Worth. And everybody's trying to get qualified, get those last-minute points. they got a good points chase going in the SEA. Um, I'm trying to fight my way in. I need some more I need some more points, or either I need a win, but I'm feeling it. I'm going to beat Mark Williams this week. Beat Mark Williams. <laughs> it never hurts a dream. i got a dream, Mark. <laughs> i got a dream. You're the Mark. You're, the, you're Mark. Beat Mark Williams. Hashtag, that might be the hashtag you use all weekend. All weekend. I'm switching to that Saturday. <laughs> beat Mark <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so. What recipe are you doing next week? Have you thought about it? Yeah, I actually I have, and I've got um, man, I've got a couple bone-in fillets that is some prime, some of the matador beef steak in the freezer 
that uh, Matt sent me a couple weeks ago. He's like, man, I, I cut some. I want you to try them. And so I was like, oh, man, that sounds good. So I'm going to do like a little steak dinner, but it's just going to be like a grilled salad. I'm going to take some romaine, grill it, grill those fillets, serve it with a little red wine mushroom sauce, and then probably, you know, do some bacon or blue cheese or something on the grilled romaine. And that's going to be, I don't know how the video is going to be, but it's going to be killer. You I can promise you. You did a little grilled salad, what was it, last week or this week? or? It, it hadn't been long, excellent. yeah. I, just, I think it was when you cooked dinner last week. There's day. something, if you've never tried a salad on the grill, I know it sounds crazy. Mark's king of it. I love a good salad on the grill. Yeah, I do. I just take like the, I like buying the, the I guess it's called hearts of romaine. There's usually four of them that come in a bag. And I'll buy those and then split them and then put them right on the grill. And it doesn't take, I mean, you're just basically getting a little char flavor on it, wilting one side and then flipping it and wilting the other. And if you don't really want to put too much oil. You can drizzle a little bit of olive oil, but if you put too much, it'll kind of get uh, too wilted. The oil gets too hot and it wilts it down too much. So I've found that if you save the dressing and you like take a vinaigrette and kind of warm it up and then serve it with that when it's on the plate instead of trying to oil it first. Because you're not worried about sticking. It's not on there long enough. You're not, I mean, don't walk away when you put lettuce on a grill. But man, it's fine. It takes on, especially after you cook steaks and then you put that lettuce on there while the steak's cooling and just cook your salad real quick. The flavor it takes on is incredible. We've actually took them, the last one I've done, we actually put the lettuce in the freezer beforehand. And while you're getting everything ready, it ain't in there 10, 15 minutes, but just get it good and chilled. And you'd be amazed how much more flavor you pick up. And it don't wilt it nearly as bad. You know, you get the little char on the edges, but it's, you know, it's still like crunchy salad. You know, it don't wilt and get soggy on you. That's a good tip. And I like it right when it's just, just a little warm. It's not hot, but it's, it's something about that salad being warm and then serving it with a good dress, uh, you know, a good dressing and then maybe having some fresh bacon, thick cut bacon chopped up on it. I don't take much. Maybe a little bit of tomato and that's it. I don't put a whole lot on it. Just let that be its course. And man, it's a good salad. So that's going to be the video. Uh, we're going to go Sounds beat Mark good. Williams in state contest <laughs> and 50 other people. I think it's up to 54. 54, 54 other people. It'll probably be more. I'm at 11 points. I'll be qualified. Yep. Well, Mark, tell, every, tell everybody where they can find you. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, swinelikebarbecue.com. Uh, check our website out. Of course, always check you out some Mississippi Grind. Uh, yeah. It's, it's growing. It's going faster. And I'm kind of overwhelmed with the. I guess the response we're getting from everybody about it. So it's it's an honor and check it out and see what you think. Mark, man, as always, we appreciate you coming, hanging out with us. Uh here at you know, How to Barbecue Right Podcast Edition. We just try to hang out and have a good time. So uh we'd love to have you back some other time. Maybe get you out there and cook a little video and, and show me how to I know uh we talked about fillets last time you was here. I want I want that recipe. You cooked it for me at your house one night. I want to put it on camera and share that with some other people. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to steal it. I didn't want. It, I was want, getting pretty close to stealing it while I go. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just waiting for it to come on out. I'm not doing. The, I'm not doing the whole technique and all that. I'm not going to do that to you. But I'm waiting for you to come cook it for us. And uh, hey, we appreciate y'all listening today, Shell. Before we sign off, tell them where to find us. You can find Malcolm at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at How to Barbecue Right, How to BBQ, How to BBQ Right. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Southern Shell. And also, uh, I know we've said it before, we got a new app. Okay, get the app. Get the app. 
at a barbecue app. It's on uh, iTunes and whatever the other one the is. The Google Store yeah. for Android. <laughs> yeah, we don't have those phones. So, hey, just check that one out and let us know if it works. Because <laughs> I don't have an Android device. I have no idea. <laughs> Actually, I did ask Jay. I was like, Jay, download, download my app. And, uh, you know, I told him, check it out. Tell me what he, if it worked. He said, yeah, it works. So, I guess it works. Well, but we'd like to hear from y'all. If, as always, you know, get in touch with us. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, man, send them to us. We love them. We'll see y'all next time.